Well, this morning we're going to look at uh, God's view of relationship. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking of uh, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, the late comedian, uh, once distraught as a, as a teenager, he asked his, his dad, uh, uh, he says to his dad, nobody likes me. Well, in which his father replied, don't say that. Everybody hasn't met you yet. <laughs> well, as we continue our sermon series in the, in the book of Proverbs uh, today, as we seek uh, just wise uh, wisdom for wise living, um, today we're going to look at relationships and, and friendships in particular. What makes a good friend? For a, we desperately need others in our life. As John Donne famously wrote, no man is an island. In other words, we are all connected uh, if we like it or not. But uh, many of us are, are without friends or are looking for true friends. And many of us might even want to try to stay as an island. But we might be in different circumstances in our life. We may be new to town and, and we're looking for good, trusted friends. Uh, we, may, uh, we may be young and, and looking for those kind of friends that that you can truly uh, have faith in. Or you, you may have had some friends and, or, or a trusted friend and, and they really um, they betrayed you and, and you got hurt. And so it's hard to find a new trusted friend. You might be in a stage of life where you're so busy that even to think about finding a friendship is, is hard. Um, or maybe you're just kind of one of those people saying, I don't really want to be needed right now. Why do I need a friend? Might be in a place in your life too where, where maybe some of your friends have passed on and uh, you resolve right now to, to be alone. But I would say rather God has designed us for relationship. And, and friendship is a divine idea. As God said in Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for us to be alone. And I would say that this is the one ache, the one ache prior to sin entering the world, uh, to the one ache uh, before the fall of mankind. So in other words, we cannot experience the fullness of joy that God wants us to have with, uh, without having friends or without companion. So if there are times that you feel lonely, I, I, I want to encourage you that is normal and that God has designed relationship and that God has designed friendship for us. But when we think about uh, our friends and we, we make a little bit of a survey of the friends that we have, um, we, have, we might have casual friends, uh, acquaintances, work associates. We may have hundreds of uh, Facebook friends that we, we tend to talk with each day. Um, but if we're fortunate, we have those close personal friends. The, those friends that I, I would say pass the refrigerator test, that those that can walk into your house and open up your refrigerator, browse and grab something, to eat without asking for permission. But we have, we have a variety of friends, those we may play cards with or grab coffee, uh, maybe to the point of maybe uh, getting, going on vacation together. 
But my challenge to you today is that are we creating friendships that go beyond the surface, that intimately know you? See, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 extols these kinds of friendship. It says two are better than one, as we kind of saw in the clip here. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And so I would say in this life, we desperately need those kind of relationships that, that walk with us through life. People who will help us when we fail. Those who will truly just listen to us, encourage us when we're, we're, when we're disheartened. Encourage us when we're brokenhearted. Lighten our, our load And comfort us, strengthen us when we're weak. Because the scripture says, pity is the one, pity is the man who has no one. Well, our main proverb for today that we're going to kind of unpack is from Proverbs 13, 20. And it says, he who walks in the wise grows wise, with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. See, the the truth of this proverb is that we need to have wise, close friends. And I would clarify, friends with Christ at the center. For spiritual friends walk with us toward maturity and faith. But the warning of this proverb is, is that we also need to be careful for foolish friends will bring us harm. And, and, and so we need to be watchful of foolish friends around us. Well, some of you may say, well, I don't have, I don't think my friends are fools. Um, Well, I have some associates that I don't always agree with, but I think they're okay. But we need to be watchful. You see, uh, the the close friends that we are deeply connected to us are, 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 are connected more than we think. Those close relationships, uh, even though we think that we are, are independent, but you see, their, their negative influence can affect us. And the truth of, of this proverb is that their influence is greater than we think. Like a, like a membrane that we think will protect us. And in reality, things pass through. And what passes through are our, our, our values, our, our, our morals, our, our convictions, our, our goals, and so forth. They pass through if we like it or not. And despite our illusions, we are deeply affected by either the wisdom or the foolishness of our friends. I'm not talking about personality. I'm not talking about lifestyle. I'm not not talking about giftedness or talents or career. Because our close friends can be much different than ourselves. But I'm rather talking about deeper issues such as character and integrity, values uh, of following God's path and following Him. Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. In other words, close friends 
close, foolish friends can ruin us. Their folly can seep into us. And then there are many times in, uh, in which I can also say, honestly say as a pastor that as I've talked with others and I've seen others, um, when things in their lives aren't working well, you can trace uh, their downfall back to a choice they made to forge a friendship with a foolish person. And so the proverb stands true, do not be misled. Well, on the positive side, wise friends can enhance our growth and hopefully our growth in Christ. By being with the right people, they may give us sober judgment. They may strengthen our convictions. They may, their kindness and joy may, may uh, influence. And when we have people uh, of reputation for, for what they believe, their, their character rubs off on us. They become, we become more like Christ because we are friends with them. So today we're going to look at uh, how to avoid foolishness and how to seek wise friendship. Let's pray together. Lord God, uh, thank you for this morning. Uh, Thank you for each person that's here. God, we ask that uh, your word would, would speak into our lives, that we would seek wisdom in all areas of our lives, but we would ask that we would be attentive to wisdom in the, in the relationships around us. God, open our eyes, open our ears. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, someone, sa- uh, a friend, uh, someone said, a friend is someone who will bail you out of jail. Well, they also said a best friend is the one sitting next to you saying, boy, that was fun. Well, that might not be the wisest advice to adhere to, but as we look at the book of Proverbs, the the better advice is discerning what kinds of people should not be candidates for close relationships. In other words, certain characteristics, and we're going to start there. Now, Now, keep in mind, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that uh, these individuals do not matter to God. They're created in God's image and they're loved by their creator. And for us, we are also to take every opportunity to, to, to love on them, to serve them and patiently point them to the love of Christ that is in, in Jesus. But we are not to separate ourselves from the world we need to continue to be salt and light to the world around us and not just live in our own christian bubble but at the same time there are certain things that we need to to pay attention to and avoid in close relationships so as we do this let's look at proverbs 6 16 through 19 and and in this proverb it, it identifies six red flags and and um that we should be aware of when seeking close relationships or close friendships. And the, and the term red flag, I don't know if you know it, it had, I had to look this up because I, I wasn't quite aware, but a red flag uh, originates as a, a signal for a, an army uh, preparing for battle. And it was also used uh, to s- signal a possible flood warning. And so, in other words, as you've seen maybe on your email, you see the red flag. It, it, it tells you to, 
to, you need to pay attention to that email and so forth. But red flags are, a, 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 are things that we need to pay attention to. So as we look at these red flags, uh, honestly, we might see ourselves in these. But we might see those around us that uh, we associate with. But these warnings shouldn't be characteristics uh, counted among our most intimate friends. For we should never give them a, a position of influence in our lives. So let's look at this in uh, Proverbs 6. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. So as we look at each of these red flags, I'm going to raise a red flag here. Now, the first red flag that we have um, in, in when it comes to relationships and when it comes to friends that we have, the first, uh, first red flag is haughty eyes. Now, now, guys, this is not an endearing term for your wife. In other words, uh, haughty eyes is an attitude of superiority, even, uh, even with our own eyes. And uh, these eyes may say, I have value, you do not. I am a winner, you are a loser. I am educated, you are a dropout. I'm a career woman, you are a stay-at-home mom. I am spiritually mature, you are not. Those are haughty eyes. That is a haughty attitude. And really, if we boil that down, we, we see a sense of what? Pride. And we can, even, we can even turn the tables on those, can't we? And we can have a uh, prideful humility. Well, as Scripture reminds us as well, pride comes before destruction. And so we need to avoid those close relationships, those close friendships with those who have haughty eyes. Well, our second red flag for today is one who is, has a lying, lying tongue. A friend who, who exhibits uh, to, de- to deceive us. And the, the truth of this is we will get hurt. If we have forged a friendship with one who, who dis- continues to deceive us, we will be hurt. And I'm sure each of us can resonate in some time in our life. Someone has uh, lied to us who has uh, uh, maybe exaggerated the truth to our own uh, hurtfulness. But the, the, the warning in here is that we need to be careful of those that we, we closely associate with and, and those who continually pervert the truth. Because if we think about it, that is the foundation to our friendship, isn't it? And if we are always guessing if they are telling us the truth, there is no relationship. Third red flag today is one who sheds innocent blood. Now, you probably took a survey of your friends on this one. You said, well, I don't think any of my friends are axe murderers. But this is, goes beyond the, the physical. Um, what it means is, is to avoid people who, who, who kind of prey on the weak and the powerless. 
And we need to, to stay clear of those who devalue others, those who are, are, whose heart isn't even moved by the suffering and hardships around them. And then they take advantage of them. And the, the warning, I would say, of this proverb is that, is that uh, not only someday will we become, what, the victim, but someday we will become like them. So avoid those who shed innocent blood. The next one, number four, is those who devise wicked and evil schemes. Those who devise, devise wicked and evil schemes and run quickly to evil. We need to keep an eye out for those who design, who implement, or who justify uh, evil plans, for they will be a disaster to you. There's truly enough said on that. The, the fifth uh, red flag is, uh, is a false witness who pours out lies. And this sounds a lot like our lying tongue, doesn't it? But there is a, a difference. You see, uh, uh, this is someone who who slanders others and uh, one who's quick to offer damaging information about a third party. And so when we hear these things from someone, from a friend, we, we start to, you know, if they can say that about them, what about us? When we give uh, something, uh, some information, a confidentiality, and we hear that through another person, that's, that's, it helps us to evaluate their friendship. Well, it makes us understand, too, that we cannot divulge with full assurance to them, can we? And I would say that this is a tough one as well as because I think each of us can see ourselves in this. Because of our own fears, our own insecurities, um, I, it, can, it can drive us to use careless words to a third party, can it? But the truth is we cannot be intimate friends with those who have made a habit of yielding to this temptation. We need to avoid uh, false witnesses. Our last uh, red flag is one who stirs up dissension among brothers. One who stirs up dissension among brothers. And uh, Proverbs 16.28 says, uh, A perverse man spreads strife. And so the question I have for you is, do you know of those around you that, that you know, stir the, stir the pot, that uh, make things more difficult? Um, one who uh, nurses grudges or, or one who uh, has a chronically unforgiving spirit. And the honest truth is that they are perverse. See, because when, when we know that when we come to Christ, it says in God's word that we become new creations in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. And we're given, because we're in Christ and we are a new creation, we're given the ministry of reconciliation. And that is, 
We, we strive for peace. We strive for compatibility. We strive for unity. But the red flag in this one is one who continues to be a thorn, who has perverted this gospel of reconciliation. They delight in disputes. See, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. What a list for us today, and, and maybe you're assessing some of these red flags, but I know that there have been times in my life, and, and you can probably resonate as well, where you've had to be careful. How closely do I associate with uh, this person that exhibits these kind of red flag characteristics? And You may work with them. Uh, you, they may be your neighbor. But at the same time, we are called to love them as Christ has loved them. And I know for a time in my life, uh, before I was a pastor and working in, in Chicago, um, I worked with some, some guys that uh, definitely had some of these red flag issues. And, and around the, the, um, there was an environment of, of gossiping and backstabbing and, and language and so forth. And, um, and it was a really tough environment. And, I, and, and in some sense, I, I had to set myself apart because it was easy to yield myself into that environment. And I set myself, I hope to think that I set myself not as a person as holier than thou, but, as, but through humility. And I had one trusted friend there, Bob. I'll never for, forget Bob. He was my one trusted friend I could talk with, and he was a believer. And um, after that environment that I worked in Chicago, I, I did do some work overseas, and, and I remember writing writing Bob a note, a postcard, just thanking him for being that friend to me in such a tough environment. So as we looked at these red flags, though, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, shedding innocent blood, and so forth. Are, are there any friends in your life that are not healthy to you appear in school maybe even a, a relative. Did any of them set up a red flag? And do you have them in a position of influence in your life? But we need to avoid foolish friends. Well, during his days as president, uh, Thomas Jefferson and a group of companions uh, were riding uh, across the United States um, on horseback, and they came to a to a river that left its banks because of a recent downpour. And uh, what had happened is, uh, because of all the rain too, it washed out the bridge. And each rider was forced to cross the river by horseback and fight for his life against the rapid currents. And the very possibility of death threatened each rider which caused a, 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 a traveler who was not part of the group to watch. And after several had made it across, the, pres, um, the, the stranger asked President Jefferson if he could transport him across the river. 
And the president agreed without hesitation, and the man climbed on, and shortly thereafter, the two made it safely to the other side. Well, as the stranger slid off the back of the horse um, onto dry ground, um, one of the uh, companions said to the stranger, he said, tell me, why did you select the president to transport you? And the man said, he was kind of shocked, and he said, I didn't know that this was the president, and and I and who had helped me and what he said was all I know is that on some of your faces was no and on some of your faces were the answer yes and his was a yes face you see as we looked at our list previously we need to have those yes faces in our life so if our, our previous list is, is what to avoid, what are we then to look to? What, are, what kind of relationships and friendships should we forge with? And I would say an easy answer for us is, would be to look at the opposite of our red flags. So as we talked about the haughty eyes, I would say instead of those, we, we should seek a close friend who is humble and one who delights in serving and encouraging others. And number two, instead of a, a lying tongue, we should look for a person with a record of speaking the truth, being a person of honesty. Number three, instead of shedding innocent blood, we, we need, uh, and someone who is hard and insensitive, those who use power and strength to destroy the weak, we must choose friends who are tender-hearted and merciful. Number four, instead of people who cross the lines of legality and morality, we must seek friends of high integrity who are beyond reproach. Those who will pull us up to a higher level of integrity. Number five, instead of a a false witness uh, who breaks confidentiality, we need to look for people who we can bear our souls in confidence. Number six, instead of a person who spreads strife, we need to seek friends with a reconciling and forgiving spirit. Those who are committed to working through those relational conflicts. We need these kind of relationships in our lives. And and honestly, yeah, we're not going to find perfection. We're not perfect ourselves, and our friends are never going to be perfect. There's grace involved, but we need to to open our eyes to those that we associate with. We need those who will build into us. We need those who will encourage us. We need those who who will challenge us to become more like Jesus and avoid those who can potentially destroy us with their foolishness. Ultimately, I would say we need spiritual friends. Spiritual friends who are there for the, the good times, the, through those celebrative uh, uh, moments such as birthdays and graduations and promotions and so forth. Those that celebrate with you. But we also need those friends who can be with us through the hard times, through the tragedies. The ones that we can, they will rally around you. Proverbs 17 uh, Verses 17 says, a, 
A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. And so the question we can ask today, do we have those kind of brothers and sisters around us? Uh, those who can help you bear the burden of, of pain or heartache that we might experience. Those that, that Matt had talked about earlier. Those who will not run from the fire, but who will run to the fire. A relationship where there is authentic care and concern. But I would also say to you, do you have others who, not only in times of heartache, but do you have others who are investing in you, who are building into you? Uh, You see, a, a spiritual friend is not being satisfied with superficiality. And you see, part of being a a, a friend is our responsibility. As C.S. Lewis uh, told us, uh, wrote in his book, The Four Loves, he says, if you want friends to just get approval or just to fulfill your needs, you're missing the point. He says that that God designed friendship to be of, of greater value and purpose Rather, as we know, the proverb says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need those kind of friends who will sharpen us. So if we are to take a spiritual friendship as, as God has designed it to be, uh, we ask why others want to be our friend. That's a good thing to ask. And we could say it is because they want to discover more of Jesus and you. That is what draws them to you and you to them. And I would say even those who, that is why those who desperately want friends can't have any. Because no true friendship can arise when there is nothing that the friendship is about. If there is no substance behind it, uh, it, it wanes. In other words, we we should want something within friendship where Christ is the center and the purpose. And I would say that Jesus knew this also well. For Jesus calls us friends. He calls us friends when, when he is at the center, when the gospel is at the center of our relationship. And just think about the, 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 the incredible thought that the God of the universe want, uh, calls us friend. What a, an amazing thought. But the reason why he calls us friend and not a servant is because he is central. Well, I know for Corey and I, um, we've been very blessed with friends within this church body, uh, those who have truly reached out to us and who have been those spiritual friends. And, and, our, and our lives are changed because of them and, and because they've been a community of friendship to us. Because it was a place that we could bear our souls. Uh, and now I'm talking about our life group a place that we could um, share our our heartache, our joys. And uh, we've had three children here, and they've rallied around us during those times that 
learning how to be a, a, a parent all over again. But it was also a place of honesty and, and realness. And we had a lot of we have a lot of fun together. But this is our, our life group Sunday. And if I could give a, a, a plea or a shameless plug, a life group would be the perfect environment for you to be a part of a community that, that seeks what we're talking about today. See, a life group is simply a, a, a bunch, uh, a, a small group of individuals who meet at someone's home to share a life together to share Christ together, to develop that sense of friendship and community with Christ at the center. Friends who rejoice with you and friends who weep with you. Friends who challenge you and friends who pray with you. Friends who want to see Jesus more in you. So I, w- I want to invite you, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to join a life group and to consider being a part of uh, some spiritual friendships. And what the exciting thing is that we are, are um, forming new groups right now. In the next few weeks, we're, we're gathering new folks who want to be in a life group and, and putting, them, putting new groups together. And so this is a great opportunity. If you're not currently in a life group, uh, we'd love for you to be a part of one. And I would say what's really exciting is that we're going to be doing, this is going to be coming alongside uh, this new sermon series that we're doing, these, uh, the 40 Days in the Word. And maybe you've seen a couple of people with buttons out here this morning. But uh, I'm excited about uh, uh, starting September 9th, we're going we're gonna, to... Uh, go from there for 40 days and we're going to really commit ourselves to getting into God's word together, listening to the sermons on Sunday morning and then unpacking more of it in your life group during the week. And so I hope that this, is a, this will be an environment, a place where you will grow and mature more in Christ. And I, I know for some of you, uh, you might be hesitant about being in a group. Maybe you, you haven't figured out the whole God thing yet, you know, who is Jesus and so forth. You might also be a place uh, in your life where I'll, I, I've, didn't, I've done the small group thing, uh, been there, done that. But the thing is, I, I hope that we together as a congregation and we together a, 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 as, as a life group, but I would say you personally, that you could step away and say, I, I grew in my faith in those 40 days as we did something together as a congregation. And so there's more information out in the foyer, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to sign up today. But um, I really want to encourage you and challenge you to, to consider being a part of a life group. I also want to say a, a word to you guys out there that you might see your, your wife, um, you know, bringing back, you know, a, a Bible study from Woman of the Word or Mother's Hour or something, and you see them growing in their relationship with God. And maybe in some sense you're standing by the wayside here. But I would say this is, this is a, a, an opportunity for you to even come alongside your wife and, and doing something in a life group and growing together in Christ. So I encourage you to sign up to, to do this together, the 40 days 
and the word. Because I know it, it will be a risk for some of you, but it's worth the risk that you would develop those friendships and that community around you. But ultimately, my prayer is that each person in our congregation would be blessed as we experience this together. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, but I, before I do, I want to uh, uh, invite Paul to come out. Paul is going to, to lead us in a, in a song that will be our theme during the, the 40 days in the Word. And as he does, I want you to take out from your program today, in each of your programs there is a life group um, response from, that has 40 days in the Word on the top. And uh, there's a pencil in front of you. If you'd like to be a part of a life group, um, this is a great opportunity for you to even sign up right now. And uh, as Paul plays and you have a moment to think, the ushers at the end of the song will come down and, and receive a card if, if you're interested in being a part of this 40 days. But let me pray. Lord, gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We do thank you for the wisdom in your word, what it means to forge close relationships with wise people. God, I pray that for each person here. But God, as we, uh, as we consider who we associate with, God, may we continue to love every person around us as you love them. But help us to find that community, too, that's around us, that, that will encourage us, challenge us, and that will uh, come alongside us. As we look forward to forging together new life groups and so forth, we know it is life that we receive from you when we have uh, a deeper connection with you and as we see Christ in others. So bless uh, our time as we worship together. In Jesus' name, amen.